your word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. It is alive, an anchor in the storm, a compass in the wild. Your word is a foundation built with truth, unmoving and undiminished. By its light, all is seen and known. On your word, we stand. Hey, Rolling Hills Church family, it's great to be together today. You know, we are one church with multiple campuses, and what God is doing in our lives together is just amazing. All glory to Him. We've been in an incredible series at all of our campuses talking about set in stone. And we said in 2019, as people in January are making resolutions about losing weight or you know saving money, and, and these things are great and they're fine, but we've said we want to be people who say, as we begin this year, we want to be set in a firm foundation of Christ. We want to be set in His Word and growing to be fully mature disciples. And I love that because when we get this relationship right, it impacts every else. And so we said we want to start this year in our lives off with the Lord, grounded and set in stone in His Word. You know, Jesus uh, told this parable in Mark chapter 4, and, and I love parables. That's the way Jesus taught, right? They're earthly stories with heavenly meanings. And, and Jesus told this, and in fact, if you're reading Daily Step, if you've been in our reading plan and as a church or reading through the New Testament and through Psalms and Proverbs this year in 2019, and I'd love for you to get the, the Rolling Hills app and download it and then go and look at Daily Step. But every day we've been reading, and you would have read this this week, but in Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. And some of you may have heard this, but Jesus said, hey, a man went out to sow his field. Now, back then when they would sow, they would, they would have the seed in a bag and they would put it over their shoulder and the, and the farmer would go out, right? And he would, he would just start throwing the seed, throwing the seed and the seed's going everywhere. Jesus said, you know, he goes out to sow the seed and some fell on the path. It fell on the path and he, he said it couldn't grow up, right? And the birds came and snatched it away. He said other seed, it fell and it fell on the rocky soil and, and it sprang up quickly, but but then it had no roots, right? It had no depth. And so the sun came and burned it and it withered away. He said other seed fell among the thorns and it sprang up quickly, but then the thorns choked it out. But then Jesus said, hey, some of the seed fell on good soil and he yielded a harvest 30, 60 and 100 times what was sown. I mean, that's incredible. Well, the disciples, you know, they kind of came along to Jesus and they're like, hey, Jesus, we don't get it. You know, what are you talking about? And I love as Jesus says, he goes, hey, guys, listen, I'm the sower, right? And the seed is the word of God. And I'm out sowing the seed. And some of the seeds are going to fall on the road. It's going to fall on the path. And the evil one's going to snatch it away. There's going to be hard hearts, right? And they're not going to get it. They're not going to respond. He goes, but some of the seed, some of the seed's going to fall on the rocky soil. And it's going to spring up quickly. And people are going to be like, yeah, and they're excited. But but then it has no root, it has no depth, and it's going to wither away. He goes, but some of the seed's going to fall among the thorns, right? And it's going to spring up quickly, but then, and I love how he says this, he says, the deceitfulness of wealth and the worries of this world will choke it out. I mean, isn't that the things that we face so many times in our lives? And yet, he says this, 
And this is incredible. He says, some of the seed will fall on good soil and it will yield a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about the seed that falls on a heart that's ready to respond, that wants to live their lives for the glory of God. And that seed is going to yield a harvest. It's going to impact generations. Guys, that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for everybody who calls Rolling Hills home. That we become fully mature disciples. That we would impact generations in our families, right? In our extended families, our, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. That we would leave a legacy for Christ and for His kingdom. And that's what God wants to do in us individually, but also in us together. And that's the journey that we're on. You know, for many of us, back in November, we as a church, we, we took an initiative. We said, hey, we're going to be for the kingdom for the kingdom we had a big campaign if you remember in church you were so generous we gave over and above our weekly tithe we gave an offering to impact more seeds being sown more people hearing the gospel more lives being changed and we have five initiatives one we talked about hey how can we impact the next generation preschool children students how can we see them fall in love with the word of god and grow deep how that's going to impact generations to come. We also talked about a, a, a new home for our Nolensville campus and God's growing our Nolensville campus and it's so exciting. I just love what's happening and we need a new home and a new place and so we, we gave financially to that. We also were talking about a new home for our Belmont Heights campus. It's amazing what God's doing at Belmont Heights and the opportunity we have to continue to grow there. And then we talked about our Franklin campus and God continues to bring so many people and lives are being changed daily weekly and it's exciting but we need more space and then we talked about our fifth initiative tithing on what we give to Justice and Mercy International and what God's doing through JMI to impact orphans in Moldova and jungle pastors in the Amazon and around the world and we said hey we want to build two more transitional living homes in Moldova to help orphans have a hope in a future and so church we are a part of something bigger than ourselves this is a god-sized calling and a god-sized assignment so i want you to hear from pastors and those leading these initiatives as we kind of go forward and i want you to be a part of what god's doing as we pray together as we serve together as we invest our lives for the glory of our god jason nick it's so great to sit down together and to hear what god's doing and uh, man it's amazing i mean praise be to god so Jason, tell us about what's happening in Knowlesville, and then Nick, tell us about Belmont Heights and what God's doing there. Well, I don't know how much time I have to say I'm talking about everything, but you know, I, I could just I could just talk forever about the things that God's doing here in Knowlesville. It's just it's so cool. I mean, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is this Sunday when we're going to be watching this together. We're going to get to celebrate baptism of a guy that we've been walking with for over four years, awesome. and to make that spiritual uh, decision to follow Jesus. So just stuff like that's so cool. I mean, I also think about we're sitting in a place that we've been praying for here in our Nolensville office space, and the Lord um, just very providentially uh, dropped this in our lap, and we're so thankful for it not only does our it staff so great thank yeah, you it. It, our staff gets to work here but you know we have uh, in this setting right here partnership classes connection lunches high school bible study so it's just a it's a blessing 
And uh, you know, in, in addition to all of that, we're, we're still excited about what that next stake in the ground looks like. You know, this was the place first, and, and so now we're praying and, and, and believing that the Lord's going to make that next uh, home for us just so evident. You know, we've been having conversations with landowners here in town. We've been having conversations with people who own existing structures here in town about the possibilities of, of working together. We've had conversations with churches and ministries here about working together. Uh, you know, so it's just there's there's lots of um, lots of good conversations. We're just still praying and trusting that the Lord's going to make one of those so abundantly clear for us uh, in the timeline that that we're currently working with. You know, we've been blessed to be at the Nolensville Elementary School, uh, but our our time there is is going to be coming to an end near the end of this year. And so we're just trusting and believing that the Lord will open up that that next door for us to continue to impact this area. You know, this area is awesome. Uh, it's a fast growing area. You know, thousands of people have moved here in the last few years. It's been it's been voted as one of the ten fastest growing you know kind of suburbs in America. And so this is a great time to be here and a great time for our church to be investing in this community. And I look forward to to what it is that God has in store for us here. Mm, I love it. I mean, we're sitting in the Nolensville offices right off Nolensville Road, and you know, just to have a stake in the ground, like you Absolutely. said, and that we can reach this community for Christ. Yeah, it's truly a blessing. Yeah, Nick, tell us about what's happening at Belmont Heights. Awesome. Just so much growth and so much excitement. We um, are just one year from our merge process um, in January of 2018. And so we just celebrated that uh, with actually baptism, our first baptisms. And we have another one coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, our first college student baptism since we um, began the merge. And we had our big grand opening last August. We're really excited about that because we're seeing life change. And uh, we love what we're getting to do right there in the community. And we're in a little bit of a similar boat. Um, as a Nolensville campus because we're also looking for space in the area and we want to stay just as close and adjacent to the college campuses as we can to continue reaching that part of Nashville Um, and so we've got realtors and leaders looking around in the area and trying to figure out what properties might be coming available what could be a long-term lease option Um, and even starting to have conversations with churches about future partnerships um, to see where we might land and just expecting that God's going to provide something Um, you were talking about the idea of um, sowing seeds and just throwing it out there and throwing the gospel out there and just seeing what springs up and nobody did that more than Paul and I've been reading in Acts this week um, Acts chapter 17 where he lands in Athens this this city this diverse place where all these cultures and all these religions and all these really false idols were kind of coming together um, and he addresses the people in the Areopagus and I, I learned that um, the Pope that was in office the, in office the longest in my life uh, lifetime John Paul II um, he called modern media uh, the Areopagus of our day um, and just looking at it's the place where we get to go and present um, and and also defend the gospel um, and we're at Nashville just a mecca of media for sure and so and it's the place where God's called us um, to both present the gospel and also to defend truth and we're getting to do that um, in really real ways um, it's such an international place and a national place with college students coming from all over the country and literally all over the world to be in this area um, and we're getting to engage that um, the population in Nashville right around 12 South Hillsboro Belmont um, it is such a neat place to be and experience that part of culture and we're just learning um, all the different ways that we might be able to be an impact there um, and it's a blessing to get to be on this journey I love it and, and guys God is using you and I'm so thankful for what is happening in Nolensville and at Belmont Heights and just man God's good and for us as a church just to say hey we are going to go sow seed right we're going to go to Nolensville and God's bringing people we're going to go to 
Nashville and just so seed and, and hearing people coming to know Christ and seeing the life change that's happening. And Nick, I know you and Susan moved from Spring Hill to be in the community and Jason, you and Jacqueline living in Nolensville and us saying as a church, we believe in what God's doing and we want to make a difference in our community in Middle Tennessee for the glory of God. So love being on this journey together and just so thankful for what our God's doing. Eric and Chase, it's so exciting to see what God's doing here at the Franklin campus as well as what God's doing in Nolensville, Belmont Heights. Talk to us a little bit about the plans that are happening now and even going forward this year. Yeah, it is really exciting to go through all of the For the Kingdom planning and to see what God did in His, in his pledges uh, through His people. And so now we're, we're developing plans to see how we can expand the seating of the Franklin campus because we don't want anybody to be the last person through the door. So how can we use every inch possible? So we're looking at all sorts of different scenarios. We're looking at reorienting the room. We're looking at bleachers, pushing walls back. We're talking to uh, engineers and architects and, and all sorts of different plans and, and trying to determine what's going to be the most cost-effective, the most beneficial, you know, for uh, expansion of, of our Franklin seating capacity. And so that's super exciting. We don't have any concrete plans to announce today, but uh, but they're coming. And every day we're, we're working toward uh, coming to a resolution and, and understand what's going to be best. But while we're working on that, we realize that it's it's not just the auditorium that needs expansion. We know parking is can be a real hassle at times. And, and so we're looking at those options. We're excited that we just uh, were able to work a deal with Comcast. And so they're going to use only about half of what they're using up front right now um, for their trucks. And so we, we're going to gain about 50 spots up there in the next several months. And then um, Husky that we've had a partnership with uh, the, is the building behind us. We've used their parking lot for the last year. And uh, we just were able to sign a five-year lease with them to be able to use their parking um, as well. Now we need some golf carts to make uh, uh, the walk. They're not quite as far, but we're excited about that as well. And then we continue to look at our 27 acres and how to develop that in, in totality, but especially when it comes to parking and looking at those options as well. So that way we feel like if we can expand the auditorium space, expand the parking, we're going to be able to reach more and more people um, you know, for the sake of the gospel in, in the coming years. So that's exciting. And, and once that gets established, then we'll look into additional adult classrooms for you know, for our classes and for teaching opportunities and teaching venues and, and those types of deals, as well as offices, because right now between JMI and Rolling Hills, we've got staff in closets and in hallways and, and all over the place. So um, that's that's in the works as well. So really exciting. Wish we had concrete things to, to announce today, but we've got a lot of things going on behind the scenes with a lot of really smart, uh, you know, experienced people. And we know there'll be some exciting plans to announce here in the near future. Yeah, and from a family ministry update, really excited about what's going on in family ministry. If you're a parent in the room, you know we continue to see growth in preschool kids and students. And what I love about, obviously, what we do, we always say it, we're here to partner with the parent also in order to um, disciple your kids, and so which is really exciting. So know that that we are we we're building a framework, a groundwork for what the future is going to be with future staffing, with new leaders and volunteers, in order to get ready for this uh, continued growth. And even looking towards the new student kids space, that's so exciting. We have some initial plans for that space, and the great thing is that in a couple weeks we're going to be going on an exploratory trip to go check out other churches and other organizations and take what we 
we have and, and be able to lay it against that and say, what is the best possible um, layout for the next generation here at, at Rolling Hills in order to prepare um, you know, more kids coming to this place and have an opportunity for our students to invite their friends to come to this place. And so it's really exciting what God's doing in family ministry. Uh, yeah, excited for the future. I love it. I got to tell you, uh, Chase, to you and your team, your family ministry team is doing a fantastic job. You know, we just had family dedication last week, 15 babies here at uh, Franklin Campus dedicated to the Lord and their families. And then I've got a child in uh, elementary and middle school and high school, and uh, it's awesome. I mean, I just love how they're being discipled in the Lord and what God's doing in the foundation. I see it. I see it in our house, and I love just them growing up in the Lord. So thank you to your team, and just so grateful for our church and how people are inviting people, and there's a buzz, there's an excitement as people are inviting people saying, hey, come hear the gospel, hear the good news. And community groups and what's happening in Nolensville, Belmont Heights, and Franklin campus. And so praise be to God. And let's just continue to reach out, grow up, and give all for the glory of our God. Amen. Mary Catherine, Rachel, thank you so much for talking with us about what God's doing through Justice and Mercy International. And I just love JMI. And what's neat is that we're sitting here in our Belmont Heights offices, you know, right here by Belmont's campus. But these are our office space for our Belmont Heights campus for for Rolling Hills. And, and in here, we get the opportunity to see God working, but we're also seeing God working around the world. And so, Rachel, tell us a little bit about what's happening in Moldova and the Amazon through JMI. Yeah, we've really seen the Lord just be so faithful to JMI. Um, you know, Rolling Hills started JMI over 10 years ago now, and we have seen so much growth only by the Lord's hand, truly. Um, some of that growth has been that our, our sponsorship numbers have tripled in that time, over tripled. Um, more and more people are continuing to partner, continuing to come alongside orphaned, vulnerable children, um, show them the love of Christ through sponsorship, through going on trips. Um, we've added so many staff. We have um, 27 indigenous staff in uh, Moldova and in the Amazon, which is incredible. We really believe in empowering the people that live there in Moldova and in the Amazon to do the work on the ground. And so we've got those staff doing the work every single day. Um, so we're, we're working here in the Nashville area, but we've got staff there where we work. And we're really excited about how the Lord is using them on the ground with these acutely vulnerable people, children and families. Um, the poor and the orphan and the forgotten, as we say. And so we're so grateful. We've increased the number of trips we take every year. We have hundreds of people going with us around the world um, to share the love of Christ, uh, to be the hands and feet of Jesus uh, to the vulnerable. And so the Lord is continuing to just bust the doors open. We can't keep up, and we're so excited about what He's continuing to do. I love that. I love that. You're doing such a great job with sponsorships and people being connected with a special child. We know their names. I mean, we know hundreds of of orphans' names and, and what the church is doing and how we're praying and serving and just making a difference. And Mary Catherine, you are the executive director of JMI and, and, and you know, for the kingdom that we took this offering and all of us, we pledged and we gave over and above our tithe um, for what God's doing and, and we're tithing to JMI. And so as we, we look at those dollars, where, where is that going to go in 2019 and beyond? Well, we're really, really excited, Jeff. You know, as Rachel was talking about, we have over 700 people that are sponsored in all the places that we work. And, but that's not enough. You know, we, we want to do more. And we feel like God's calling us as a church and as a nonprofit ministry uh, with JMI to do more. And so For the Kingdom is going to help us do that. 
So in Moldova, you know, we really started in Moldova the first year that we existed and we started going and we saw this is a little tiny country in Eastern Europe with a really big need. It's ground zero for human trafficking. Mm -hmm. It's only the size of Maryland, but something like 60% of all the kids that are trafficked into the sex slave trade in Europe are coming out of Moldova. And so by God's grace, you know, we have made a difference and we can, with God's empowerment and his help, um, we can really make, we can change the course of history in this little, little place called Moldova. So right now we have houses in the north um, in the Belts area, so we have a house for boys and a house for girls there. We have two houses in the central part of the country in Chisinau, but we have no work happening yet in the south. So For the Kingdom is allowing us to start doing the work of moving down into the southern part of Moldova. So, you know, in hopefully three to five years, we will have two more homes in the south. And that means we'll have houses in every region of Moldova. So every child that's at risk is within a short distance of one of our homes and our staff, that indigenous staff that's on the ground. So our first step, you know, we can't get there overnight. So our first step is this summer in July, you leading a team through JMI down to the Kahul area, which is in the southern part of Moldova. And so we'll take a team and we'll go there and begin to pray and to look and to meet children understand what their needs are, what their risk level is, uh, get connected to churches in that area, begin to find staff that can help us. So when we are ready to build those houses, we have people that are there to do the work. Because a house is just a house. You have to have you know, God-fearing, God-loving people that can step into those roles to really parent these kids and to make a difference. So that's what's happening there. And then also For the Kingdom is going to help us do more of what we do in the Amazon. Um, you know, our goal there that we feel like God's given us is to empower local indigenous pastors and their wives and missionaries so that, you know, we can really make sure that the gospel has been heard in every area of, of that region of, of Brazil and take, take it to the furthest uh, parts of the jungle. It's amazing. And I just want to say thank you, you know, on behalf of your church family at Rolling Hills, we just say thank you, you know, for what God's doing through JMI and, and our team here in the States and just the lives that are being changed. And I, and I really believe, you know, as we sow seeds of the gospel in Franklin and in Nolensville and in Nashville, we're also sowing seeds of the gospel in Moldova and the Amazon and to the ends of the earth. And, and I love being a part of this together. I love what God's doing. And so all glory to him. And uh, I love that we all get to do this together. Church family, isn't this exciting? I mean, the opportunity that we have to be people who sow seeds and see lives changed for the glory of God that impacts people's lives right here in our neighborhoods and throughout the world and what God's doing in Moldova and precious orphan children's lives that are being changed because of what you are doing right here in Middle Tennessee. And guys, that we get to do that together. And I love having multiple campuses and as we know people who work, you know, in Nashville or live in Nolensville or live in Franklin and we can invite people to go to different campuses, that that's all of us working together for the glory of God. You know, as we look at 2019, my hope and my prayer is that we are set in stone. That we build our lives individually and together as a church on the solid rock of Christ. You know, Jesus told another story. He told a story at the end of his longest sermon that we have recorded. And it's the Sermon on the Mount. And he comes to Matthew chapter 7 and he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Right? It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to 
put it into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall, <laughs> because, because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice, right? He hears, because it goes on, gets busy with life, and falls away. He doesn't put them into practice. He is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And you look at this and you go, wow, I mean, that's some strong words. But what Jesus was saying is, hey, build your house, build your life on the word of God. Be set in stone. Now notice that the winds came and the storms blew against both houses. I mean, just because you're built on the rock doesn't mean we're not going to go through challenges or difficulties. As James says, that's where our faith grows, right? In James chapter 1, that we become mature in those times. But I want to tell you, you know, when those winds blow and those hardships come, when you are built on the rock, man, you will stand. And you will impact generations for the glory of God. People will say, hey, there's something different about them. But if you build your life on the shifting sand, you know, if you run after culture and think, hey, I'm going to keep up with everything and the latest trends and latest this or the latest that, or you run after money, the stock market goes up and it goes down. I mean, you run after those things. You're building your life on shifting sand. And I want to encourage you today, evaluate where are you in your own life, in your own heart. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? If you confess, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I repent of what I've done that's wrong and I want to build my life on you. As a church, hey, in 2019, we are building on the rock of Christ. We are building on a firm foundation and we are going forward in Him. And it is so exciting that we get to do this together. Guys, this is like Acts chapter 2. I mean, we're seeing miracles unfold. I want to say thank you to everybody who's already been a part of For the Kingdom. You, you know, in November, we had 456 giving units, you know, so that can represent one person, that can represent, you know, eight people, if your family's that big, who have said, yes, I'm committing over and above my tithe to invest in For the Kingdom. And, and we have already pledged $4.6 million. Praise be to God, already a million dollars has been given for these initiatives that you just heard about. Now, if you missed out on being a part of that, go to Rolling Hills backslash for the kingdom and you can sign up or go to your next steps booth in one of your campuses and, and sign up and say, hey, I want to commit with my church family over and above my tithe to invest here. Guys, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us, right? Praying, it's going to take all of us. Giving, it's going to take all of us. Serving, it's going to take all of us locking arms together to make the impact for the glory of God that he desires in our own lives, and in us as a church together. And I want to tell you, I love being on this journey with you. I am more excited about what God's doing at Rolling Hills today than ever before. And there is no place in the world that I'd rather be than serving our God right here with you because we are better together. Church, we are better together. So let's pray for one another, let's encourage one another, and let's give our best. Let's sow the seed, right, with our own family, in our own neighborhood, in our workplace, and let's build our lives on the rock of Christ. And let's watch God do what only God can do. Guys, we're in this together for the glory of God, and let's live it all for Him. doing church for almost 12 years with that guy. 
Um, and, and I never get tired of the enthusiasm and, and the joy about what God is doing through his local church. Um, and, and so that video that we just watched this morning and at the end of this service, Betsy will tell me how many of us are here today. And that's just a metric. But but I'll know that, you know, this many of us, you know, 80, 90, 100 people watched it here. Well, that many people or more watched it twice in Nolansville today, uh, and then three times in a, in a few minutes. The third one of these video viewings will start at our Franklin campus this morning, and we'll know as a church that that we really are all in this together. And at the close of the passage of scripture that Jesus, that Jeff just read about Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he says these words and tells people, if you listen to what I've said and put it into practice in your life then it'll be built on a sure foundation. And when the storms come, when the rivers rise, when the waters flow, like the house will stand. We know that our lives can stand firm on the word of God and the truth that he gives us. And that's what this church is about. At taking, opening, reading the word of God, hearing it and applying it to our lives. And Jesus spoke those words on a hillside. Um, it says at the conclusion of Matthew chapter 7 that the crowds were amazed because Jesus taught as one who had authority, not as their scribes and religious leaders. They, they had listened to teachers unpack the Old Testament for them, uh, help them understand what it meant to apply words from God's truth, from God's prophecy to their situation in their day, living under Roman oppression. And, and none of those people who taught them anything about what God's word said made as much sense as Jesus, because Jesus had authority over what those words were. Jesus was there from the beginning. He wasn't a baby born in Bethlehem. Um, he was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and had been there from the start. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and, and everything that we have comes through Him. And so people, amazed by Jesus' teaching, they followed him. They followed him everywhere he went. Uh, he performed miracles. They would bring their sick and lay him right in front of where Jesus was going to pass by because they wanted the healing power to fall on them. They hung on every word that he spoke, and they gathered in crowds, not even giving him a break. And Jesus would oftentimes retreat to go and find some solitude, but the crowds would still be pressing in on every side. He fed 5,000 people. Healed some people in a city called Capernaum and Samaritans even. People that were outside of this Jewish family of faith began following him. He walked on water and literally amazed his disciples, calmed a storm, totally freaked him out. And in John chapter 6, the crowds are still growing. The people are still amazed. They're still believing in every word that he said. And he begins to transition his teaching into stuff that was hard. Stuff that was difficult. Stuff that was complicated for them. He talked to them about bread. And bread for them wasn't just the food that they ate. Bread was a reminder of the blessing that God had given because years and years and years before, their ancestors had marched out of a city of slavery and been taken into a land called Promise. And on the way, God gave them bread every day to eat. So they talked to Jesus about Moses and they talked to him about the bread that came from heaven that God gave to their ancestors. And they, they wanted more of that bread because in Rome, in their situation, just as bad as Egypt, they wanted, they wanted new healing. They wanted new rescue. They wanted a new plan. They wanted new bread. And, and in response to them, in John chapter six, Jesus tells them, you can't even handle this bread, the, the bread that I'm going to give you. If anybody's going to come after me, if anybody's going to experience that kind of glory from God, he's going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And that was a hard teaching. 
The Bible says in John chapter 6 that at that moment, many of his disciples, not the 12 that we always name, but the crowds that had amassed, the ones that thought he was amazing, many of those disciples turned back. The Bible said they withdrew. Read it. John chapter 6, they withdrew. That word withdraw means you turn your back on it and it's a thing of the past. Following Jesus for them was a thing of the past. No more. No more amazed at his teaching. No more bringing their diseased and their sick to lay at his feet so that they could be healed. No more following him from town to town. No more pressing in, trying to get a glimpse of who this Jesus was. They withdrew and it was a thing of their past. And his disciples, he looked at the twelve and he said, Okay, what about you guys? Are you going to withdraw to? Is this following me going to be a thing of your past? Or are you going to follow me right into the future? And Peter, of course, he spoke up and he said, where else are we going to go? You alone have the keys to eternal life. And the keys to eternal life was the symbol that he was going to give them because he, he broke bread and he gave his life so that they might live. They said they were going to follow him. And in that moment, end of John chapter 6, it closes on a really bad note because he says, yeah, that's right, but one of you isn't because one of you is a son of the devil. Whoa. Worst words ever. It, it was the Greek word diablos and it meant against God. It, it was a metaphor used for anybody that did something against the plan of God. For the people that it was a thing of their past going in a different direction away from Jesus Judas we know would, would move in a different direction his own direction away from Jesus he would be one of the ones who withdrew and went the opposite but the question mark is for us which people are we gonna be in our day in our generation are we gonna be the people that withdraw that turn our back that move out of step and out of sync with where Jesus is going is is, is Jesus and this life that he's given us gonna be a thing of our past or, or is it gonna be the vision for our future uh, to be a people that say we will follow him anywhere even when it's hard even when the teaching gets hard even when the call gets hard, even when the ministry gets hard, even when the provision is less, are we going to be a people who declare that he alone has the keys to the words of eternal life, even when it's tough? I like to think that you and I would be an even if it's tough people, even when it gets difficult people, even when we don't know what's next people, we're still going to stick with Jesus. The amazement at his teaching has not worn off. We're still just as committed today, if not more so, than ever before. As it got closer and closer and closer to the time that Jesus knew he was going to give up his life, he's celebrating Passover, that holiday of remembrance where our ancestors walked out of Egypt as free people. They celebrated it year after year after year, and Jesus selected an upper room with his disciples to go and to worship and to have this holiday feast that those guys had had every single year their whole lives. But this one was different because when it came time to take the bread, the unleavened bread, the bread that reminded them that their ancestors had to get out of town in the middle of the night, they didn't have time for the bread and the yeast to rise, so they made it unleavened. And that unleavened bread, Jesus took it, common bread, bread that they had had every year their whole lives, and he broke it and he did something new with it. 
because he said this is a new covenant and he, he broke it for them as a representation of his body that would be broken for us and he took the cup the wine that they had celebrated year after year after year the wine that was always a remembrance of the blessing that they walked into a land flowing with milk and honey that God had given their people and a reminder of the wilderness wanderings that they went through to get there he took that same wine that always represented for them something old something in the past and he said this is something new because this wine it's the blood of a new covenant this is my blood shed for you in scripture we're told um, not to remember Christ's birth although we do it's Christmas and it's awesome but we are told to remember Christ's death the fact that he died for us and in fact we're told to do it as a proclamation to ourselves and to the rest of the world until Jesus comes back we take these symbols simple cracker these symbols simple juice and use them as a reminder of the fact that something far from simple happened in our lives Christ died for us and every time we do it we do it as a remembrance of what he did and a reminder of what's to come Christ will return and so today we take these elements there are three stations for you to literally come to this table that's been set for you, not by me, but by the Lord. And we have ASICS ministers and their wives in the back two corners of the room. And so if, if that's a place that's easier for you to get to, then you can go to either corner. We also have one that's going to come and join me right up here up front. So if that's a place that's easier to get, um, please do that. And if for any reason um, you need to remain seated during this time of communion, just simply slip up your hand and one of the ASICS ministers in the back, it's Acts chapter 6, by the way, they'll come and deliver it to you. But we take this bread, this cracker, we break it. As a, as a symbolic action to the fact that Christ's body was broken for us. We dip it in the cup to receive the blood that was shed for us. And every time we do it, we do it as a reminder that Jesus gave and that Jesus will return. Let me pray for us. A6 Ministries will get in place. And as the band starts to play and sing, you come to the table that was set for you.